Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another segment of Broadcast and Politics with Mark Falzone and Cisco Acosta. Fantastic to have another interesting evening. Tonight, we have a special guest, Dr. Dean Hart. He's an expert in microbiology, published author on the transmissions of viruses and diseases. And for 25 years, he's taught at Associate Research Sciences and assistant professor at Columbia University. Dr. Hart has studied these subjects as a postgraduate research scientist at the University of California. So he should be with us in a couple of minutes. Mark Falsone, how, you doing? how are you? How you doing, oh. partner? All right. Welcome to another segment. Tonight we have an excellent guest. Mr. Doc, uh, Dr. Dean Hart. So he's, uh, he's the published and author of The Transmission of Viruses and Disease. He's like an infectious doctor, but he's also um, he, he's an expert on viruses and diseases. Oh, good. How pertinent. Yes, yes. So I was just going to get started on my quick um, monologue. So we've had the DNC circus for the past couple of days. It's been totally outrageous. Uh, this virtual uh, circus has been a comedy, total comedy. And as a matter of fact, the ratings have been down. And do you blame people for not wanting to watch this comedy in the circus? No. They're totally, totally out of sync with the American people going to hurt them really bad. And, I, and, and that's one part of it. The other part that I think is, is, is critical to know here is that, didn't you notice they started parading the pedophiles yesterday? You had the Clintons and you had the Obamas and you had, you know, all these individuals, the Hillary. Hillary, I think, was there. She's another pedophile. So, you know, it's it's it's... I, I called it last night was the pedophile show. You know, we have actual proof that Mr. Bubba Clinton was on those flights with Jeffrey Epstein. Wait, but it there, depends you know, what your definition of is is, though. So maybe well, that didn't happen. Well, it's, it, there, there is logs, air, airline logs. Of the Lolita I was Express. Being facetious, obviously. Uh, I know, I know. You are, you always are. But I, I just couldn't believe it. They're honoring these individuals just like they honored Harvey Weinstein. Remember Harvey Weinstein? He was like the top directors in Hollywood. You know, everyone looked the other way because he was donating money to the DNC. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Hey, as long as you keep bringing in money, you can do whatever you want. But anyway, that's my, that was my quick rant. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, Your my rant, rant, I'm going to bang the same drum that I've been banging for the past few weeks, and I'm looking to see how many hate crime charges are being filed for all the innocent white people. And now we all saw that video with that poor truck driver. You know, I yeah. hope you guys noticed, though, at the beginning, his wife was 
was punched in the face several times when they were standing outside the truck. And then when yeah. she went to flee, they jumped on her back. They not only – and who knows how many other times this has happened, and it's not caught on video, and it's not publicized. Uh, it's getting uh, sickening. Are we a nation of laws or not? If a white guy kills a black guy because he's black, it's a hate crime. If a black guy kills a white guy because he's white, it's a hate crime. Hello. You know, this DOJ is still saturated with these goddamn Obama suck-ups, and that's the friggin' problem. And also, one other rant I have to do. Do you know that the mail-in ballots on the outside say if they're Republican or Democrat? So yeah. there's no anonymity vote allowed. I mean, uh, that's purposeful to help the voter fraud BS. Now, the Trump administration should immediately fire whatever bastard that was that ordered them like that. Because the fair thing would be that they, you, from the outside, you couldn't tell Republican or Democrat. Get designated on the outside. Whoever did that, fire his ass immediately. And uh, freaking, I don't know what, go after him just like the leftists do. Dox him, make him lose his job, crucify the son of a bitch, because that was purposely done to uh, facilitate voter fraud. And and if the Republicans don't make a bitch about that, then goddamn us all. Your turn, sir. I've got to bring the guests in. Got to call him now. Dr. Hart. Yes, he is. I spoke to him yesterday, and I spoke to him today, and it's uh, Hello? Dr. Hart. Good evening, Dr. Hart. How are you? Oh, good. How are you doing? All right. Great to have you. I have my co-host, uh, Mark Falsone, on the air. Um, Hello, doctor. Dr. Hart. How's everything there? Where are you located? We are located in different parts. Uh, New Jersey. Texas. Parts, that's for sure. <laughs> so, Dr. Hart, I just gave a, a brief description of, of your excellent resume that you have. Uh, an expert in microbiology, published author of the transmission of viruses and diseases. And for 25 years, you've been a, a associate research scientist and assistant professor at Columbia University. And yeah, also... Among other things, that's very. So, uh, was that an interest of you when you were a child? I mean, when you were in, in, in high school, you wanted to be a, a scientist, a doctor. Well, the healthcare was definitely uh, a passion. I, I liked um, at that time. I also am an optometrist. I have many degrees, and yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm flexible. Right now, I went back to school to study bioethics. I'm working wow. on my Master's of Science and working on my thesis in bioethics. And knowledge is good. I, I, it, life's path is interesting. Right, right. So, yeah, I went, into your, uh, I went to your website, which, will, which you can announce a, a little, in a little while. And uh, really interesting, and you have a, a center in Woodbury, New York, in Long Island. Uh, well, my, so... my resident actually bought my practice from me about five years ago. He was my resident, 
We shared the office for 20 years, and then he bought me out. So I'm back in school. <laughs> so, <laughs> interesting. This time so, learning. One one of the things that caught my attention is the um, you had you had an article that you wrote in, in regards to the impact of COVID nineteen with the eyes. You know, uh, we've had conversations about well, uh, you know, you got to wear a mask and wear goggles because you know the virus can penetrate through you know into your eyes, cover your ears. You know, the mask is not sufficient, and and, and that article caught my attention uh, in regards to inviting you to the program. What, based on your research, and um, what, 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 what do you think is the impact of not covering your eyes with this uh, okay. COVID-19? That, that's a darn good question. We know that there, the ocular surface is comprised of uh, a mucous membrane, and it's very contiguous and very close to your respiratory tract and very similar. The mucous membrane of your respiratory tract is different than the human eye. The human eye takes it to a whole other level, but it certainly must be considered a viable entry point. There's so much we don't know, and historians in the public health arena in 10 years will write the story, overcounting, undercounting of COVID. There's all these stories. But the thing is, the eye, I don't know if you'll ever prove it one way or not, uh, but the ear is interesting. I've debated that in my own mind. Can it enter the ear? I don't really see that the ears you got to worry too much about, but I've said you do, so there's no harm. I wouldn't want somebody spitting in my ear, and certainly the eye, the mucous membrane of your eye, when they cough or sneeze, that's or even talk at you, these fomites are expressed from your saliva, and the fomites can definitely contain a lot of virus, and that's the biggest problem. That's why a mask works. If you're contaminated, your fomites frequently are caught by the mask, but not always. Right, but with the with the mask, and, and this is another aspect, the mask it's been proven, even 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 the label on the box tells you that it will not cover and protect you. So what you're saying that because the, the particles the particles are so tiny especially with cloth, a cloth mask or even a medical mask. Well, understand these particles are about 75 nanometers, and the wavelength of light is about 500 nanometers uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. So this thing's 10 times smaller than the wavelength of light. It's minuscule. Even the very best N95 theoretically Maybe is that size, the pore size, maybe a viral particle can get through. We call them virion uh, particles. But um, the thing is that the mask we use in medicine seals your, eye, your, 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 your nose and your mouth all the way around with, uh, against the cheek. So the skin is touching the mask, so there's no 
air that really leaks out. With the masks that you buy on these uh, websites, which we know where we buy everything these days, um, those masks are not N95 medical grade in the sense that they're not sealed tight against your skin. So it's a whole different can of worms. Yes, these masks are not infallible. Um, for sure, uh, but uh, we don't. We, there's no way we can supply medical grade masks, and I'm not even sure people would wear them. It's hard enough to get them to wear this mask, and they're, 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 it's just not going to happen. Walking around with a hazmat suit. Yeah, yes, but, but the, the the issue has been: Do masks actually work? And and based on the on the results that that. Uh, has been documented, even the CDC has, that a lot of these masks, even the N95, and then, you know, you, we have the P100 and the N100 masks out there, but, and those are a lot more, because they're 100, they, they're supposed to be covering 100% of all the small airborne particles. N95 well, only covers... They can't do 100%. I mean, you won't be able to breathe comfortably through. I haven't really seen uh, any stand of 100, but 95, let's face it. I read this article. It's really funny. The size of the pore on the N95, one virion particle can go through it. But imagine three big, fat football players trying to get through one door. As all three of them try to get through the door, they're going to be only one may get through and maybe nobody. So it helps a lot, a mask, if you are positive. If you're negative, I can see the debate, but we don't have the technology to figure out who's not, who's asymptomatic and not suffering from the disease, but has the disease and can communicate it. And when the kids go back to school, there's going to be a lot of uh, COVID floating around that they can communicate and won't even know they're sick. And then they'll see grandpa, and masks are very scientifically appropriate to slow down the progression a little. At the end of the day, will Mother Nature win? Absolutely. You want to debate herd immunity? You can. Yeah. Well, we 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 have actually herd immunity in Sweden. You know, well, uh, I you know it's, Sweden. It's, and and what happened there was a lot of elderly people the Swedish government will admit died that died unnecessarily. They didn't close the schools. They did the more libertarian approach, and I'm sympathetic to it. At the end of the day, we don't have the data to figure out, was it better to make a big explosion of COVID as we did in New York City by putting them into the nursing homes, and they get a herd-like immunity? Once school starts... We will see what happens in in Long Island, New York, where there was this huge explosion because it never exploded in Sweden that way. It exploded in Nassau County and New York City, and it was just if there's going to be a herd immunity, that would be this will be a fascinating scientific experiment. Unfortunately, people will may suffer if it, but the experiment doesn't come out good. It's not a bioethical experiment. It's just the reality of life. Kids got to socialize and go back to right. school. They're going to get positive and then they're going to get grandma dead. 
Right, but but again, I, and I bring up, I'm going to bring up Sweden quite a bit because Sweden never locked down, they never right. shut down, they they Correct. continue. Their economy is still doing well. Restaurants yeah. are open, businesses are open, and and, and 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 you know they've been getting, they've been criticized by other Western countries because of the of the steps and the policies that they've taken, and Absolutely. I believe today that they're in a better position than the majority of other countries in the world because they didn't take the approach of locking down and mandating things. Yes, the cultures of, of the Swedes are different yeah. than, than, you know, they have a different way of, of living and, and handling things. But overall, the government of Sweden took the approach that every Swede was an adult and, and responsible for their actions. Here, uh, correct. The libertarian like approach. Every American is very different than every other American when it comes to this issue. Forget about Sweden versus America. The United States, we got 330 million people. There's probably a couple hundred million autonomous different ways to be an adult to each of us. The, the bioethical conundrum with Sweden, and we don't know who was smarter? Was the Floridian governor smarter? The New York state governor smarter? Swedish government, which is smaller than anybody. <laughs> Who's the smarter one? Historians will tell us well, herd immunity. Did it work in New York City? Did it work better in Florida, where they were released it and did less masks? Did it work better in Sweden? The numbers we're not getting from the government, the transparency we need to have an answer. And a big question will be answered once kids go back to school within a month or two. We're going to see if Sweden has herd immunity, if New York, if Florida, what happens. But additionally, because there's such translucency, we really won't be able to tell the story for years of who really does work. I'm not so sure the governor in Florida was wrong or Cuomo was wrong or Sweden was all right. I, we don't have the data. But I tell you, some people in the Swedish government absolutely admit Elderly people died, less elderly people died in their neighborhood countries because they were more uh, libertarian and autonomous and uh, acted like adults and took the risk and who paid the price. Some more elderly died. But at the end of the day, when we look at history books 10 years from now, when we get all the information, I don't know who's going to be the better person. With all due respect, Dr. Hart, Florida, the state of Florida and the state of New York are about the same size. Yeah. And in the state of New York, 50% of the people who die, die in nursing homes that Governor Cuomo basically took patients coming out of the hospital and put them right back in, in, a, in, in, in nursing homes. The state of Florida did not do that. And Correct. If you look at, to if me, you, what Cuomo did was cr- criminal. What the governor did at this point in time looks kind of criminal in the sense, 
How dare he stick COVID-positive patients exactly. into nursing homes? That, that's the point that many people make. I'm a scientist. I need data. I don't know which one is going to win because now I'm scratching my head, and you got all these elderly people in Florida down in the Fort Lauderdale area. My mother used to be there. She died in a nursing home in New York in February of 2020. So I know the experience of it all right and um it's a big a big bioethical issue it's a it's a perfect bioethical issue that will be answered quantitatively but it'll take years because i don't see florida the data i don't have the data to compare how many elderly died in florida and how many elderly died in new york my guess is as I'm watching Florida go, it's catching up to New York. But Cuomo did the wrong thing. There's no way bioethically you put people that are COVID positive into a nursing home where your most vulnerable people are. It may come out, he gets lucky, and it's even Stephen. And he didn't make a bad decision quantitatively, maybe, but it was the most bio unethical thing to do that, expose the vulnerable well, to hospital patients that are just stable but positive. Besides being unethical, Governor Cuomo has given immunity to the hospitals and nursing homes in exchange for campaign funds. Okay. Well, understand what happened. They have reversed that. The um, Lawyers Association lobbied in Albany recently. I think it was about a week ago even. Okay. What happened is retroactively the hospitals are immune. The lobbyists of the lawyers got the ability going forward to hold the, the um, everybody hospitals but nursing homes responsible for specific things. So they've reversed the policy of immunizing the, the nursing homes and the rehab centers. They've stopped that to some extent. And I can, that, that's a darn good thing. Going forward, we understand so much. Going backwards, I remember Cuomo the first few days. He was freaking out. The fear and panic in New York was incredible. So did he make an unethical decision. To me, the bioethics is clear. You can't put COVID-positive patients into a nursing home and start murdering the most vulnerable disabled of our society. That's against our freedom. Well, I, ha- I, have, a, I have a personal, I have an aunt in a New York City nursing home. So that's the reason I'm very upset with him. And, and you mentioned something, the floor is catching up. No, floor only has 10,000 People who have died. Okay. It's still New a York, peak, isn't it? Huh? Still pretty much peaking in the Florida. No, we don't it, know where it, it's going to end yet. Well, no. I mean, the numbers, again, there's been very, very bad reporting when it comes to the state of Florida. I have family in Florida, too. And yeah. they basically have miscalculated numbers in Orlando and, you know, testing. Uh, everyone 100% positive when it was a lie. It was like, instead of 98%, it was really 9%. So the numbers have been suspiciously wrong. So Agreed. I w- Agreed. I to, if everywhere. Even in China, I don't believe the numbers. I don't believe Italy. I kind of believe the numbers. But uh, besides Italy, there's very few countries I believe any of the numbers, including ours, China, Russia, and every other one. Right, right. But 
I mean, for someone like that, I, I'm I'm very familiar with New York. I'm I'm a New, I'm a New York City kid. Uh, I would say that the way New York has handled this whole COVID, it has destroyed the economy of New York. There's an exodus, exodus of New Yorkers leaving the five boroughs because the mismanagement coming from the city mayor to the governor and to the, the party that handles and manages New York City and New York State, people have just had enough. I don't see, and, and you know, another part of New York, and this is... Well, you're kind of like going into the politics of it all. After 9-11, I, I'm a New York City person some of the time, a lot of the yeah. time, too. Uh, being in Columbia, it's in New York City. Uh, when, yeah. After September 11th and the terrorists attacked us, I noticed this major exodus for a few months out of New York City. But then it reversed. Now, this one is very, very different. That was humanity hurting humanity. Now we got Mother Nature hurting us. And let's face it, the more spread out you are on a farm, the from a COVID human to human transmission standpoint, on a farm you're less likely to get stuff. On the other hand, you get much more of the uh, fungal problems and all sorts right. of other airborne diseases. <laughs> so if you move to a farm, you're not going to get COVID as much. You're going to get these fungus and molds they get in the eyes and they give eye infections too. Uh, so, so there's no perfect environment with or without. Nature rules, man. Nature, Mother Nature, we don't make any decisions. Well, this is a repeat of history since the beginning of time. So would you, would you say that this is actually a pandemic? Oh, yes. I, oh, yeah. I've never what, seen anything what, like this. What, what, what would classify it to be a pandemic if, if, if the CDC and, and all these health agencies are actually uh, inflating the numbers? When there's a real pandemic, like it was in 1918, they didn't have to manipulate the numbers. Well, the numbers weren't too well understood even in until after the historians look back. But I think um, there's more honesty uh, from other generations than there is now, but I wasn't around then. I bet right. you there were, there were liars back even in the 1900s or B.C. in 1908. In 1918 B.C. there were liars. So let's say the politicians have they, – maybe they were pharaohs and kings, but they were still politicians. Right. All right. So moving away from politics, how how does the COVID nineteen antibody test differ from the the regular uh, the uh, the viral test? Okay, the viral test is a uh, preliminary test. Either you're positive or you're negative. If you're negative, it means if you have a quality test that's done properly and there's no false negatives and false positives, but the polymerase test is pretty darn accurate. And you know, if you, you can be virus positive and just to beat the virus off and still test positive. But if you test negative twice in a row, I always said uh, do it twice if you've been positive. Once you test twice within like 48, 72 hours and you're negative, 
basically you don't have COVID, but you always, doctors always use symptoms. The first thing you listen, if you don't even do a single test on a patient, I, I was a clinician for many, many years. You listen to the patient, you can diagnose them from the description. With COVID, they are the asymptomatic for sure, but the ones that feel sick, you can tell COVID, I got it. And by the time I found out I was COVID positive, I had already been better for a month. It took a month to get the results. I had the shortness of breath, I had everything, the headaches, my taste buds, I kept cleaning the coffee pot. But then I donated plasma to this Mount Sinai's doing a lot of plasma research, the convalescent plasma. So I donated plasma as soon as I heard I was better. Because it'd been a month, I knew I'd be peak antibodies because i know it was it's for three days uh, everybody has this story about covid but if they had it and recover if they don't recover they don't have a story but we the thing is i donated plasma convalescent plasma as soon as i found out but it took four weeks the, the government is not very good at handling pandemics they got all these reports oh i don't care if you president bush had anthrax president clinton was worried about uh, one of them was smallpox. Was that mm-hmm. Reagan, the one who worried about smallpox? There's been the, the, the flu, uh, the swine flu with Obama. Every president has germs to worry about. they got all these nice reports. But nobody's going to allocate the funds till it happens. And then what happened was President Obama, during the swine flu, used up all the PPEs. And then President Trump, after three years, figured out, oh, let's draw down the PPEs and found there was none there. After three years... I don't know, blaming the other guy. They're both, these both are politicians. They don't work scientifically so well. One of the things that, that I wanted to touch base with you is as a, as a scientist, as a, as, a, as a doctor, is we've had flu vaccines for, for so long. Yes. And people still die from the flu every year. Yes. When, yes. when o- o President Obama was, uh, we had the swine flu and we had H- H1, H1N1. Um, and 60 million people got infected. 60 million people got infected. 34,000 died. Correct. Why was, that, why, was that not, why was that not a pandemic? And why was not that... Oh, you could People consider were, that a mild pandemic relative. Wait, 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 wait. Everything's mild relative. Pandemic. It's fine. Sixty million people got infected, and we're, we're, we're up to we're not even up to not, not even what five million. Well, the and fact is it, that how many people get the cold in the winter? That's not a pandemic. That's nature doing its thing. Right, but, but sixty million. So many. Dr. I'm looking Dr. at the Hart. death rate. And nothing's accurate. We know people, the people in the hospital are a fact. And when they test positive, they got the symptoms, and they're in the hospital, we know that to be a fact. Anything short of that, when you play with these numbers, the government is not 
giving us the numbers precisely. The tests aren't so accurate. You combine all these factors, and you can't play so much with the numbers. When somebody's dead, they're dead. If they died because they had shortness of breath, diarrhea, headaches, etc., and their oxygen level kept going, dropping down, there's all these ways to tell COVID's not science. Well, scientifically, but not with these COVID tests. Just So when they die of symptoms related that look like COVID, they probably died of COVID. The doctor's going to tell the facts of what they see. They'll probably underreported some and overreported some for different reasons. But the numbers stink. The numbers will know 10 years from now. And until we get the numbers, the death rate is a certain. The hospitalization rate is a certain. All these millions of people getting it, it's the death rate. Compare the death rate of COVID versus versus the swine flu at its end. Swine flu basically pops up. Two cases popped up in Uganda or something. On my, I have these reports, epidemiological reports every day, whatever pops up. From time to time, you get two or three swine flus in some African or Asian country. But what happened with swine flu, it's over here. Nobody's going to die more. Maybe one or two will die in the next 10 years from swine flu. So we have the complete numbers. We have no numbers. They're blocking the numbers if we want to study it. And I tried just today to get public health information from the Department of Public Health in Nassau County, New York City. They won't tell Mm -hmm. us the death rates of 65 and over. Um, That's the key question. We're not going to know this for many years. Oh, we will know it, but not for at least two years. Okay, so so you're 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 basically letting me know that that. 60 million people infected during the Obama uh, administration. That's that would you would not call that a pandemic. Well, I would want to know how many people died compared to COVID. I think 30, COVID is 30, your prototype. 34,000. 34, and how many are we up to with COVID? Oh, I could look. Oh, let me put my glasses on. It's so unfortunately I. See it regularly. I ask all well, these questions. Again, it's again, 174,000. So six well, times as many have died, but that's only half of it. We don't know how far it's going to go. Right, but 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 this is this is this is where I have a problem. Have we stopped counting the people who died from diabetes, from heart attacks, from cancers? Because uh, we don't hear everyone. We just had an incident in Orlando, Florida. A, 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 a young man died. Uh, from a motorcycle accident. As a matter of fact, the family is suing the city of Orlando now because they put down on his death certificate that he died from COVID, and he did not die from COVID. Ah. Okay? So, look, so basically, that, no one else no, no one is dying from anyone, anything else except COVID, okay? And I understand why the hospitals are doing it because if you die from COVID and you're on a ventilator, the hospitals get $39,000. If you die from COVID, you get fourteen thousand. If you die just regularly, die, you only get five thousand dollars. So this is basically, as you said, the numbers are being, you know, the numbers are are misleading. Absolutely, and, and I, but 
let me say, America has always been about money, and there's nothing new for hospitals. We've decided not to socialize it. It's a private business, hospitals and medicine, and for better or worse, we're not going to debate it. It's all about money for everything in America, including medicine. But the doctors are what I saw at the nursing home. My sense, although the data isn't released yet, my sense is they're not putting in COVID at the nursing home in February, March, and April, but I could be wrong. The data's not there. I went to the public health site today to compare the death rate of over 65 for 2019 versus 2020 for the first half of the year. That's like a real scientific number. When it, Now, public health people put a lid on misdiagnosing cause of death. Otherwise, public health knows nothing. So these guys with MPH degrees and women, and they want to get it right. It, that's the self-actualization to get the numbers right. But yes, it's a big problem. The cause of death, it used to be Dig this one. They used to put more heart disease than cancer. If they died of both, they picked heart, so heart would get more money to fund to do research from the federal exactly. government because the mortality rate was higher. So both are big deals, cancer and heart disease, and we figured out what happened with the heart. So we know the cause of death is ambiguous and complicated and, and misleading. As the public health historians go back, it may only be a year or two, but right now the data is not available, and we certainly don't suspect tomorrow there's going to be zero deaths. There'll probably be another thousand deaths in a nation. Is it going to get better or worse once school starts? This is the Unfortunately, the greatest microbiological experiment mankind has ever done that I remember in my lifetime. The petri dish of schools and the kids are going back. I don't care if they're going one day or five days. If they're in school, they're going to get positive. They're not going to die. And then we're going to see if the vulnerable... If it's going to get transmitted up, it makes sense it will. And then we're going to have a catastrophe, but the vaccine is so far from being fine-tuned to the point you can give an 80-year-old with high blood pressure a vaccine. So it's fraught with peril where we go with here because Mother Nature always wins. So you brought me right, ne- right next to, I mean, you brought me to the next topic, which is, where do you stand when it comes to vaccination and mandatory vaccination? I stand on the measles that you should absolutely make sure if a kid goes to school, they should be vaccinated. When it comes to a COVID vaccine they made in four months, I'm going to be the, I'm not first in line, nor will my family be. So it's, it's very suspicious if it comes out in less than four years. And usually seven is a reasonable time, 10, 20 years, HIV and Ebola is still looking for for vaccinations. One of the strains of Ebola, they actually got it, but they it's not a big problem Ebola anymore because of public health specialists and the Western Europeans going to and the U.S. going and helping out. The World Health Organization did a great job with Ebola and a miserable job with this COVID. They lied to us. Talking about people you can't even trust, the World Health Organization sort of is related to the United Nations. How do we trust anybody anymore? Uh, This is the libertarian 
way to look at it. But we have no choice but to have armies and traffic lights and police departments and doctors and hospitals. So what we'll know, these questions you ask are so great. And to ponder what to do is the only thing humans do because we don't have the facts yet. But humans also strive to get the science behind the uh, the experience. It won't help m- people that have died of COVID, especially the ones that died wrongly in a in a in a nursing home. That was just the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Well, you know, we 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 got the uh, the the notice that they may be uh, mandatory vaccinations happening around the world. Where do you stand? Yes, I heard about that. Man- that. That's a bio in bioethics. They're talking about money and and penalizing people and mandatory vaccination. In bioethics, we call that coercion. That's not informed consent. Nobody can, in America especially, we believe our body is ours to decide what can be done with it. And people get away with even missing the measles vaccine. But to me, the treatise of government by John Locke permits us to insist upon measles shots. But you cannot ever insist on a COVID vaccine and then coerce the population by penalizing them in income tax uh, or whatever. I've heard it all over the world. They're thinking of really penalizing their citizens for not taking a COVID vaccine that's about to come out in a few months. Man, America would never tolerate that, I hope. I I, I think that there will be a civil war here if that would happen. But uh, getting back to... Well, the Supreme uh, Court would rule the right way, and it would go to court, and I believe... 98% 98% the judges would probably get it right this time, although <laughs> I have my well, worries about the, certain judges. It doesn't matter. We won't discuss that, but judges would probably get it right. American autonomy demands a new vaccine be tested properly. The FDA has these protocols. If you skip them, which they seem to be doing at the federal level, you can't force people to have a vaccine. You can give them the choice of taking a vaccine. That's autonomy. That, if you give them the knowledge, that's informed consent. That's not coercion. You can't give them a bonus if they do it. can't take money away if they don't do it. That's ethical to give them the choice. But you better make sure people aren't crazy. They're going to want to see the research a little bit. Or, or, or some or the doctors will just get up and say, this is just too soon to be sure. And then some people will still go. And that's the beauty of America. You make your own choice. Well, you know, it's, it, we had, uh, it was reported by the Toronto Today newspaper that Vladimir Putin's daughter, after taking the second dose, because in Russia, it's become mandatory for teachers and the military to, to have the COVID vaccination, vaccine uh, be injected into their, into their body. And Vladimir Putin's daughter died on August 15th. It was reported well, by the Toronto Tor- 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 Police. I looked at up and I keep on looking for cross verification for what you said because it's not surprising that concept but journalism with integrity was a buzzword when I was a kid in the 1970s and nobody believed 
each side felt the other side didn't have integrity in journalism. Now we've got Twitters and tweets. There is no journalism. So the data is very mucky, and you got to use good good data. The, what, what, with Putin, what they expressed is the horror of what could happen with a bad vaccine. I'm not convinced his daughter actually died, but the description in the tweets and in what I read about Putin's daughter, the way she died, that's exactly the horror of going into anaphylactic shock because you're given something, your immune system freaks out and kills you. That sounded like what they described. Whether his daughter actually died or not, I'm not so sure. Am I sure that the symptoms they describe for an individual going through anaphylactic shock from a bad COVID vaccine that could describe it? That was a description of what could happen in a bad vaccine. Well, yeah, the vaccine the vaccine has not. Uh, hold on. 407680, do you have a question for Dr. Hart? No, I don't. You don't. Okay. Uh, Mark, do you have a question for Dr. Hart? No, I just wanted to say uh, I concur with all of you about the numbers. And I'll just say we've been lied to constantly for three and a half years. What makes anyone think that they're telling us the truth now? I certainly don't. Well, I have the same problem now is unique, but it's always weird to tell history when you're sitting in it. What, what, what our current president has done is unique unto himself. And I, I didn't vote for him. I wouldn't probably, I don't know if I'd vote for him. If he cures COVID, <laughs> who knows if the stock market goes to new highs and he cures COVID, well, could I vote for the man? I don't think it's probable, but it's possible. Yeah, we are lied to by our politicians, but understand, that's not unique to Democrats or Republicans. They're both not – the skill set to win an election is very different than the skill set to govern us. And governing us, they, 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 they can look good so they can be reelected. And that's true of Democrats and Republicans. I like the libertarian vent because the libertarian never wins. <laughs> Maybe they're the truth sayers. Who knows? Well, I, 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 I feel the same way. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm pro-libertarian. I've always been pro-libertarian, and um, I I believe that that you know um, freedom and liberty. But let me let, let's touch on let's touch on, on another. But if they area. had the power, would you trust them? I don't think so. Once you get the power, power corrupts absolutely, and we yeah. will get misinformation to better their um, agenda politically. So uh, this is humans, and, and this nation has done the best of any nation I've ever seen. On the other hand, we're living in it, so the historians will tell us if we were the greatest nation of all who knows when we're long gone and they write the history books. We'll know. So what was your next issue? The, the next one is, what is the risk of COVID on the homeless population? Because if you've noticed, I have, there seems to be, if you drive around, homeless people are not wearing masks. Homeless people no. are not dying. Uh, so it's very interesting that a, a, a section of our population 
it's totally has been disregarded. I mean, they did a, a report in Charlotte, I think, no, Jacksonville, Florida, on, on the homeless people. None of them had COVID. So you would think that living on the street, touching each other, living right next to each other in conditions are, that are horrible, they would be the first target and they would be dying left and right, and they have not. What's your take on it? Yeah, I just before the lockdown, back in, I guess it was the beginning of March. Back in the beginning of March, I was interviewed on one of these famous network TVs, and they talked about homeless. And I said, man, they can't even wash their hands. You mentioned other things. They don't wear masks. They don't do this. They can't yeah. even wash their hands. You didn't mention that one. <laughs> There's oh, no bathrooms and toilets for that. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, you would you would you would think that there would be a crisis. And well, every that was time the that I drive around, then, I was thinking they'd all die left and right. Now, do I have the specific data? I don't see see the, there are newspapers on the left and the right would that would report about homeless people because this is just plain old news, and I have not seen reports of a few things. One is a huge elevation of homeless people that I postulated back in March on TV, and I haven't seen any data to support that. I agree with you what you've seen. I'm not so sure that we've got the data again. It stinks. As a scientist, as a normal citizen, you're entitled to your opinion. My guess is I haven't seen much horrors with the homeless people like I predicted. But it made sense. You can't wash your hands. And everybody in March was talking about washing your hands real good. That'll fix it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's the reason. I, 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 I'm very, very skeptical. And as, as I got older, I'm very cynical. Very Me cynical. Too. Yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and welcome. When, when, welcome to our club. <laughs> Yeah, when I hear yeah, – thank you. So when I hear that there's a crisis, there's a pandemic, the first group of people that I would think that, that would be dying left and right would be the homeless. And I, I see the same homeless people that I saw in January and February. I still see them today, and they're not wearing a mask, and they're not washing their hands. Now, as a scientist, let me give you a theory. People that live in dirtier environments are exposed – to more germs that are more COVID-like, not COVID, that's novel, we know that, but they get antibodies to more COVID-like things. So theoretically, you'd have less deaths in China and India because there's more of these kind of dirt and homeless and not as good as sanitary procedures as as you would want. And they could build up antibodies. And the street people that live homelessly could they have more antibody? That's a theory. I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I, it's true. When you look at China, something's funky. And I have different theories about China, and one of them is they just are used to this stuff. There have been bats flying and eating there since the beginning of time. Well, I've been to China. I've been to Taiwan. And uh, I travel quite a bit through, throughout China. And... Um, yeah, do, people do wear. As a matter of fact, that was the first place that that I ever wore a mask. But it's the mask yeah, they're wearing. Yeah, it's culture there. No, no, it's, no, no. It's the pollution. You, 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 That's you go to Beijing. That's what I thought. That's what I thought too. But yeah, it's both you, no, the pollution 
and the microbiology, they polluted the heck. And I thought it was always pollution when I walked around. But now I see I'm not positive it's only pollution. I think people know there's germs around. Well, if you look at the Yangtze River, Yangtze River, <laughs> when, we, when we, were, we were in Beijing and then we went to uh, Shanghai and, and uh, a couple other places, it's dirty. It's green. I mean, oh, yeah, it's, 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 that's it's the disgusting. air you can eat with a spoon. I mean, the yeah. air. I was in those places, too. Um, yeah. not a, few, a few years ago, I was cruising through the world after I sold my practice and um, checking things out. And, yes, China was weird. The air, you could take a spoon and scoop a piece of grayness out of the air and swallow yeah. it almost. It's, it was well, polluted beyond belief, but... Still, it's debatable if they knew about the microorganisms and they wore masks only for air pollution. I'm not sure. Yeah, you could be right. It could have been only been air pollution then, but now it isn't. Well, you you really feel it when you walk up to the Great Wall. I walked up to the top of one section of the Great Wall of China. And if you don't wear a mask, you won't make it. It's, it's that the pollution is so bad at that point. I know, but but let so so the next the next thing is in regards to what's coming down the pipe. Uh, we we were hearing that the that you know we shouldn't use HCQ because then we should be using waiting for the vaccine. You know we have a certain group that is opposed. The president is for you know he's for uh, hydrochloric uh, HCQ. Uh, the, the people from Bill Gates and Dr. Fauci—they're they're basically more for the vaccine. So, the, in your opinion, it's different. Hold it. Treatment is different than the cure. A vaccine is basically a cure to the problem. Treatment—you want to talk treatment or cure? Vaccine is one category. Treatment is another. The plaquenil, the hydrochloroquine. Uh, the Plaquenil. We call it Plaquenil. It's easy to pronounce. I call it HCQ. I call it HCQ. It's a quinine derivative. The British used yeah. it to prevent malaria back when they were settling the world, right. and they drink quinine water. Gin and tonic, tonic water. I think that's got the quinine in it. And it's anti-malarial. But right. it helps people immensely with lupus and with rheumatoid arthritis, I've seen those patients. Being right. an eye doctor, what happens is it has retinal toxicity, and I've seen that sometimes. But it's a miracle cure for the lupus in some patients, and it's worth losing your vision almost. It's, I, it's very interactive with the rheumatologist. Should somebody lose their vision from Plaquenil, or should they uh, go back and stop taking it? Because there's not that many right. treatments available. So in this field, Plaquenil is way at the... I mean, I've seen clinicians claim anecdotally great stuff. And I got to believe somewhere in there is somebody, some autonomous human body decides to react positively to Plaquenil. Would I use it first? Is that the... No, we've learned respirators down uh, trachea. Down your trachea to stick a tube does more harm than good, but almost always. When they got to stick a tube down your throat, uh, you're going to die. So treatment 
very, very, I mean, eighty percent of people with a ventilator die. So exactly. treatment, we don't go that way. Oh, dexamethasone has been shown to be excellent in some cases, mm-hmm. and then that uh, what is it, uh, remdesivir from Gilead exactly. Scientific? That's been okay. It's not great. It's not a real like with HIV. We ha- really do have a treatment that's very. Very impressive. Uh, rest, the, the, no treatment is even close to impressive for COVID, but certainly Plaquenil is not high on the list. If it helps people, it might. Some doctors want to start earlier, some later, and an acute use of Plaquenil will not cause retinal toxicity. So I'm not too worried about using it. On the other hand, I'm not too impressed that it does anything compared to would, the other would treatments you approve available. It? Would, you approve, would you approve someone coming up to you saying, I want HCQ? Well, if I was in the hospital and I had bad COVID, it ended up being the bad type and I was hospitalized, would I pick Gilead's medicine or or Plaquenil? I would pick the um, the Gilead one, Remdesivir. It seems to have more science behind it than Plaquenil. Everything's relative. There is actually some science. It's not impressive that it has that grave an effect, but right. it is there. But HCQ was approved by the FDA. I, I, that's that's the part that I don't understand. We have we have Dr. Fauci and we have everyone else in the media criticizing HCQ, but the FDA has approved HCQ. And the frontline doctors who were there standing at the, in front of the Supreme Court, who were you know basically criticized and attacked because they came out for HCQ, which was not really traditionally what the narrative should be on the mainstream media. Well, it really shouldn't be in the politicians' hands either. It shouldn't be in the media. Well, the media, they should say everything, and you pick what's truth to yourself. That's the beauty of America, freedom of press. But the politicians, you're talking politicians, get their schnoz in it. And once, I mean, Fauci cannot be a pure scientist, although I'm impressed by his scientific accomplishments, he's in the political milieu, milieu and he's worrying about public health or even politicians a little bit. They want to tell people what will make them yeah. uh, come out better yeah. and not panic and fear, which is what we're in, panic and fear. But after school starts, then we'll know panic or fear, or it will all go away once they start yeah. doing schools in 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 states where we got a less than one yeah. percent positivity rate in New York. I just keep saying, we look at the NBA, that's impressive. We look at the baseball, that's not so impressive, but it's tolerable. Nobody died. No 25-year super athlete died, uh, but they got it. And now we're going to see what really, the, the rubber meets the road with children because there's no billion-dollar franchise at is there herd immunity in New York? It's slightly possible that we have herd immunity, but one thing's for darn sure. We're about to find out. Definitely. Uh, if you want to give out your, your website um, and all the projects that you're involved in, because you're involved in quite a, quite a few, please go ahead. Well, I have a website, deanheartscientist.com, 
And on that, I refer people, I like how the CDC has matured a bit. So that's a website that's there. And there's a Johns Hopkins website that's just telling you the death in each country. And that's fascinating and maybe accurate. They're unfortunately limited scientifically, as we all are. But the Johns Hopkins website gives you a good feeling for things. I'm comfortable it's in the neighborhood of truth and accuracy, but not right there. It can't be. And then, but being hot scientist, I have the links there where you can go. The World Health organization I would take with a big grain of salt. They've really screwed COVID up, did a good job with Ebola, terrible with COVID. Don't go to their websites unless you just want to entertain yourself. Well, definitely. We appreciate you being on the show and, 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 uh, and you're always welcome to come back. Well, good to be okay. with you. Definitely, definitely. We had a couple of people uh, on the line that were wanted to talk about, but thank you again. And we'll see each other next week with another fantastic guest on Palestine and Cisco Acosta's Our Broadcast in Politics. Good night. God bless America. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night.